My next guest is a host and reporter for the NFL Network. I want to welcome back on Mike Gam. Mike, it's been a crazy, crazy week so far. Uh, it definitely has been. I feel like, you know, whenever we get post-draft and the, and the conversations about undrafted free agents and who got picked where, it's always going to lead to a little bit of chaos in the news. Yeah, and speaking of, speaking of chaos, so turns out that the GOAT is interested in broadcasting. Did that news catch you by surprise today? <laughs> um, a little bit, although not certainly shocked, just considering the amount of dollars that have been thrown towards uh, lead analyst on, on NFL games. I mean, with Aikman uh, getting the cash that he's getting and, and obviously Romo and the deal that he got from CBS, it does make some sense that Tom Brady would be thinking about post-career, which was, you got to stay busy, right? I mean, he had... Uh, retired for 40 days. And after that time frame, said, you know what, I need to come back. So he's, I, I give him a lot of credit for strategically thinking about his post-playing career after this upcoming season, but I think he'll be tremendous. Burkhart is as good as it gets and, and thrilled for him to, to get an opportunity like that to be calling some games. I didn't see him doing this because he figured he's got, he's got the money. He's got everything. He's got his Brady brand. He's got his TB 12, everything. They must've just, I don't, I feel like there was no negotiation. I feel like they went above an asking price just to get it, make it a done deal. Well, think about it in these terms, right? Like you finish up your career. He's most of these guys want to stay around the game. And in a lot of ways, broadcast is something that uh, a lot of the players tend to, to think that they can do. Now there's not necessarily a market for every player. Clearly to find a path on the, on the broadcast side, but Brady, the name that he brings clearly the goat, right? Uh, number two, he wants to be around the game. That was abundantly clear after a 40 day on retirement or a 40 day retirement that led to him heading back to Tampa Bay. So there's still a love and a passion for it. And he's been doing it, right? right? Like he's got his podcast that he's been doing on Sirius XM radio. So I'm not surprised at all. And when I, I would imagine he's probably making, I haven't seen the, the final numbers on Apparently they, any sort of deal. Yeah, they're not, there's not super finalized, but there's been, I've seen 20 to 25. And there's also the 10 for 375, which is staggering, which is just insane. Right. Yeah. So of course there's gotta be some interest, right? I mean, he's, he's going to make more money as a broadcaster, probably post career than he will, in his 50 years of, of playing. Cause it feels like he's been on the field for that yeah. long, but he, he will eventually make more money. There's no doubt in my mind, uh, post career than he did obviously on the football field. Do you think, cause, cause people are like right now, like he could play as long as he wants. He's still in the peak of his years. He's second in the battle for M- MVP last yeah. season, yeah. obviously retiring. It came back early, but like the, it's the contracts waiting for him. But do you think, what do you think? One year, two years? Like, I feel like, they, I feel like he's going to want to get in there sooner than later. Oh, I don't think it lasts. I think when, as soon as he finishes, Zach, like he's going into the booth. Like, no, I, I mean, how long, so how long do you, what do you think? Is that one more season, two more seasons until he goes oh, to the th- booth? Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, honestly, man, like I think it's one and done here. I could be wrong about that. I mean, I was selfishly was hoping that he, you know, he wasn't going to retire because to your point, he was clearly, you know, the, the skill set hasn't really diminished. You can make an argument. The last couple of seasons have been, you know, maybe the best seasons of his career. Uh, and I can't help but think, you know, the Antonio Brown situation doesn't play out the way that it does. Godwin doesn't go down with the entry. You know, maybe we're talking about a different result and it's not the Rams maybe winning uh, the Super Bowl and maybe it is the Bucks. You know, you can't play the shoulda, coulda, woulda, yeah. or what if kind of game, even though I just did. Uh, but I, I'm with you, man. Like, I think he gets back onto the football field. The roster is still fairly stacked. I, I think there's still probably a need for another weapon on the outside, despite the fact that Godwin is is back and, and is returning on a, on a pretty good contract considering his injury, at least in my opinion. Um, but I, I would imagine this is one more chance, one more shot. 
at, at this team trying to make a push to win another Super Bowl. And I think once that finishes, I think knowing that there's a contract as sizable as it is, although to be fair, Zach, like if he wanted to be a broadcaster this season, he, he could have done that. Right. So yeah. this is not earth shattering news that there's this mammoth deal. Um, you know, it's getting reported now. So I think that's why it's making news, but you know, when Tom was considering retirement, there's no doubt broadcast and opportunities and his agent and, and the agency, you know, I don't know if they were fielding calls, but they yeah. had a good, pretty good sense of what the market was going to be. Once Romo got his money, uh, once Aikman got his money, you know that opened up the door for the purses to to come wide open, and a lot of these networks reaching into those pockets to find cash. And you know Brady instantly becomes what the the number one guy that people will associate with the sport and they probably already do right now, yeah. but then you get to throw him into the booth. I, look, I think he's going to be, you know, really good. Uh, I do think there's a little bit of a learning curve for, for a lot of uh, former players who become broadcasters and, you know, does Brady get you to watch the games? Like I'm watching either way. So I'm probably the worst person to ask that question to, but I, you know, like does Aikman, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Does Romo? Eh, probably not. I think they're watching those games. I do think Brady brings a different level of cachet that maybe in that first season, it becomes a little bit of must-see television, just kind of like how the Manning cast was. But, okay. you know, I watch Monday night and I'm more of like the traditional, like I would dip in to sort of see what was happening on, on the Manning cast, but you know, I consume the games the way I always have my entire life. So, um, but I do think that there's an excitement that will come with Tom Brady being in the broadcast booth and, and to sort of hear him dissect the game and talk about the game. Like, I think that's going to be really cool from a fan perspective. I feel like they're trying to, they're hoping they're, they're banking on like the second coming of John Madden, like the guys that have come out there and just wow everybody and make people who aren't fans, fans of the game and just do yeah. things that his teammates have seen for years that people have never seen. And just to make people that aren't, that aren't football fans just want to watch the game because they they feel like are now, now I'm interested. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, Zach. And I think the other thing is we saw it a little bit with Romo yeah. where there's this exuberance when he's in the broadcast booth and this excitement around the game, which is not, Look, this isn't a knock on any other broadcaster. I'm not saying that other guys don't have energy. That's not what I'm implying yeah. here. I just think there's a different type of listen with Romo compared to what we've seen in years past. And you you bring up the Madden analogy, and I think it's a pretty good one. Like Madden did it a little different, right? Like yeah. there was a little quirkiness about him. There was, you know, this relatability that that he was able to connect to an audience. And I think from a Romo perspective, it's different. Um, you know, I, it's it's similar to what Madden was doing, but different than what other broadcasters yeah. are doing. And I think to your point about Brady, I, I think all of us would love to know what's what's he seeing on the football field while the game yeah. is going. Now we're going to get that opportunity. I know he's done some stuff, um, yeah. you know, ESPN plus. Yeah. Um, I haven't necessarily, you know, I, I haven't caught those shows, yeah. but I think a lot of, you know, when you think about all of the extras that come with broadcast, like to me, that's just kind of a cool little, little deal there. And to, to, to see the game through his eyes, I think it's yeah. going to be a pretty incredible experience. Yeah. It's going to be unbelievable whenever it does happen before, before I let you go, I want to get your thoughts on. So the, obviously the draft wrapped up a little over yeah. a week ago. Yeah. Um, wasn't as much buzz about this one as in past years obviously wasn't like a marquee qb draft a lot of good dns and offensive linemen move and since you're a pac-12 guy want to get your thoughts on uh thibodeau going to the giants oh yeah you know actually zach i was in his uh, i was at his pro day in eugene and what i find sort of remarkable is the amount of personnel from different teams that were in attendance for it you knew Kayvon was going to be one of the first players taken off the board now uh you know the giants obviously were there 
uh, you know, Joe Shane was there in person. Their assistant general manager was there in person. Like there was, there was a contingent. I was sort of, I won't say surprised. Like I, I didn't think he was going to fall past the Giants. I actually thought New York was going to go offensive lineman with that first pick. And then Thibodeau, if he was still available, they would take him at seven. They, they flip-flop here. Uh, but I still think they end up with the guys that I think could be huge for him. It's going to be fascinating, Zach, is this narrative that, Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't have that high motor. Kayvon Thibodeau has got other interests besides football. You know, look, is that true? I don't, I don't know. I mean, how are we ever going to know, right? Like, we'll, we'll find out when he gets to New York and, and he steps out onto the field and how some of those opportunities, when they arise, how does he attack them? What I, what I can tell you is he could have, in a day and age where guys know that they're going to be a high draft pick, they shut it down. Kayvon Thibodeau could have shut it down. Yep. Um, and he didn't, he played yep. through like, you know, he'd been playing the Ohio state game and they still won without him, but he still played this past season, you know, taking plays off. Ah, sure. I mean, can we go and find, you know, some all 22s where you can focus in on Kayvon Thibodeau and go, Oh yeah, he took off on this play or, you know, he didn't chase down, uh, you know, an, an opposing, you know, wide receiver or running back coming out of the backfield. Yeah. Is there one or two of those moments? No doubt. Yeah. I would imagine though, if I look hard enough, probably could find that about everyone. This was a dude who was the number one kid coming out of high school who dominated in the PAC 12 when he was healthy. Um, I think he's going to be tremendous. And I also think it's okay to have opinions. You know, I, I think we're so used to players saying the right thing, policing some of their, their thoughts. I don't know. There's a part of me that says, you know what? Like, if he's got a little bit of an edge, I like it. He's a D like, I'm okay with that. You know, like I, you know, not to say that different positions get the right to talk a certain way, but Zach, you know, this man, like you got a little nasty in you as a yeah. DN, like that's okay. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, you know, we've seen some vocal players have some success and, and that once again, I, I, I just think it's easy to point in at some of those guys, you know, we're so used to the quarterback, you know, the polished dude saying the right thing and, and, you know, crushing it in the interviews and, Look, I think Kayvon did that. I don't think you're, you know, you know, a top five pick without doing some of those things really well. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to, can you produce on the football field? Can you be a dominant player? And I do think Kayvon's got, got a really high ceiling. And then guys, I think he's got an opportunity to be a force. Definitely. I think I saw Strahan said he wants to work with him, and you can't turn that down. I don't know when Strahan's got time, but if you're making time, seriously, take advantage of it. Seriously, man. Yeah. Between GMA and, and yeah. all his team, speaking of yeah. TV guys, right? Yeah, he's doing he's doing a fair – he's got a pretty busy uh, a calendar. And then um, looking kind of like the league as a whole, which team do you think kind of like just, just crushed the draft across the board? You know, I think the obvious two, that, at least to me, that come to mind, and I know that this was the conversation even after day one, but I don't know how you don't look at the Jets and say three of the top dudes at those respective positions in the first round, clear issues that they had at those spots, a lot of holes that they needed to fill. Like, I think the Jets clearly have crushed it uh, in the first round. And they grabbed you know, Brees Hall. And Brees Hall, another another nice little weapon for them to come out of that backfield. Um, you know, the, the more I talked to a couple, like we were doing our coverage at NFL Network, I was doing our, our NFL.com, you know, our digital shows. And every analyst, we had a rotation of analysts that were yeah. coming in and out of the studio. And what I found fascinating was well, Kyle Hamilton's name kept popping up. And I didn't realize this until, you know, our commercial breaks or when we were talking about him. 
but more and more people thought Kyle Hamilton was the best prospect in, in this class. And Washington, I Washington didn't, they, they could have had him and they let him go. Thank you. Now he's going down I-95. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and a perfect fit, right? Like yeah. I look at Baltimore and you think about those opportunities. Now, I think Hamilton's going to be a good player, but once again, what I found fascinating was spend so much time talking about quarterbacks, who was going to go where, and clearly there was teams didn't think highly of this class, right? I mean, the proof is in the pudding based off of the results. Um, Steve Weich, one of our reporters, he was telling me this on, on Total Access. We were doing the show, and I, don't, I think he said this on air, but I know he said it to me off air, and, and uh, so I don't feel bad uh, you know, telling you the story. But he had said a lot of the teams that he talked to didn't have any quarterback in this class with a even without a first with none with a first round grade and some didn't even have a second round grade on any of these kids. So when I heard that, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe there's going to be a little bit of a waiting period. But then I said, it's the quarterback teams are going to reach. And I think for me, when I saw Seattle with those back to what was it 40, 41, 41, 42, whatever the picks were not take a quarterback, I said, oh boy, like this is a problem. Like these guys are going to be sitting for, for a little bit. Um, so we spent time talking about the quarterback position, dissecting that. And then who's going to go what? Like, is it Walker? Is it Hutchinson? We, we were fixated on that. But the more and more people that I was talking to at our, at our shop, the more I realized that there was a real love affair with the skill set of Kyle Hamilton and the fact that the Ravens were able to get him where they got him. I think the Ravens to me are, are another team that sort of stand out, but Jets to me, Number one, uh, I'd say the Ravens sort of in that mix as well. And I know we touched on the Giants, but man, offensive and defensive line, which is such pressing needs for them. So, um, you know, I like what they did in the first round. I think, you know, in the later rounds, you know, the, the wide receiver that they got, the kid out of uh, Kentucky, like I'm a little, I, you know, there's a part of me that, that worries about that pick. Um, but at the same time, new regime. And you got to give them the opportunity to make the calls that they think are, are going to be beneficial. But, um, you know, when you got multiple picks in, in the top seven, it's hard not to not to at least have the perception that you did well. But those three teams to me, Zach, I think stand out the most. You know, the Giants, well, Thibodeau was in the mix for number one pick for basically the entire season. No and doubt. Evan Neal was in the mix for number one pick, basically the entire combine. So basically, they got two number one overalls in the first round. So you can't, kind of, you can't really go wrong with that. And then Baltimore, you get Kyle Hamilton. They get Linderbaum, who's the highest graded center. center. Yeah. They grab Ojabu, who with without that Achilles injury is a top 15 pick. Yeah. They grab the get the kid from Minnesota that's a mammoth. Like it's 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 not fair how good the Ravens front office is compared yeah. to some of the other teams. It's oh, incredible. dude. It's a, it's, sometimes it feels like that that checkers chess analogy that everyone throws out there. But um kudos to that front office, kudos to that community, and and obviously pulling for for Baltimore. I got some family ties. Um my mom's actually university president in that city. So I kind of yeah. for the city to do well and, and uh, give everyone in that town some, some reasons to cheer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time much, much like it's a little bit slower going on now until I guess training here wraps up a little bit or. Uh, yeah, not, not as much as I thought. So uh, first full run for me uh, at NFL network down here in Southern California, I was working from home for a while, but it's been awesome, man. It's really good opportunities, some great people over there. Uh, the studio setup is um, second to none. So it's been, I, I'm not complaining, man. It's just been, yeah. it's busy, but it's all good busy. And I, there's a part of me that says like, man, when the hell we get into the season? already yeah. you know like yeah, so you, you get to the draft and it's like this huge push in terms of prep and and you know trying to get there and then all of a sudden you know it's 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 not like a wedding but i guess it is right yeah. because it's multiple days but as soon as the wedding's over you're like oh yeah. okay like yeah. what, what now all right let's get yeah. to the season like it's no, training yeah. camp 
we got schedule release in two days, even though some of them are kind of dropping as we see it. I love that yep. we have multiple Europe games this year. So you get that long Sunday of football and you just feel like a piece of shit afterwards for sitting on the couch for 10 hours. If you're like, I got to watch the London game. It's the, it's the, oh, it's no the doubt. Germany game. I don't even know what the time difference is with that one. So I'm sure I hope that's 830, 930. But yeah, can't wait for the season. Can't wait for schedule this. But I do appreciate the time. How can people, uh, are you still doing the, the, the podcast? Um, you know, not as much on the pod, although I do now do one for NFL Network called NFL Explained. So we kind of dive into some really cool topics for for football fans. So, um, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, does it make sense to go for it on fourth down? Like we go through like the analytics and, you know, we, we hear from some people around the game surrounding topics like that, how the schedule is made that one, um, you know, just sort of just dropping here as you make reference to the schedule release. And it is wild how they put that schedule together, yeah. sort of a, a deep dive in into that process, but that's been fun. And then obviously on social media at Mike underscore yam you know twitter uh ig whatever you're, you're kind of using i'm on there just kind of like everyone else yeah man well do appreciate the time as always anytime man appreciate the invite